We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski coming to you from New Athens, Illinois. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark coming to you from picturesque South St. Louis, where I serve as pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church. And Matt, I tell you what, our, our phone's been ringing off the hook. <laughs> People have been saying, hey, it's Lent is over. When are we going to hear some of those really good jokes again? <laughs> <laughs> They're in demand, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. My, my answering machine is full of, of people asking. Yeah, if you believe that. <laughs> uh, but I think you do. You told me you had a really good joke, didn't you, Matt? Oh, you bet, John. Here we go. You ready for okay, this? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Uh, happy Easter to everyone, although this is not an Easter joke, but <laughs> it, it does express the joy of Easter in a small, small way. <laughs> very, very small. Very yeah. small. Minute would be oh, the word I think goodness. the dictionary would use. What okay. do you get when you cross a distance runner with a sheep? I don't know, Matt. What do you get when you cross a distance runner with a sheep? A woolly sweater. <laughs> get it? Sweater? <laughs> sweater. Oh, yeah. And we have a lot of distance runners that listen to the show. They listen uh, on their phones while they're running. Well, yeah. So I'm yeah. Sure right now, they're probably rolling over on the street somewhere. We apologize <laughs> if that's the case. <laughs> we should have alerted them because now they're they're bent over in laughter and breaking up their marathon. I, I'm sure they are. <laughs> but, but you've got an even better joke for us, right? Oh, yes. No, yes. This, okay. This, All right. I, yeah, I previewed is, this one. This one is a little, it's a notch <laughs> above our usual content here on Wrestling with the Basics. Right. What do you call a guy in a hole with a shovel? I don't know, John. What do you call him? Well, you'd call the guy in a hole with a shovel Doug. That's right? Doug. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. All right. But what do you call a guy in a hole without a shovel? I don't know, John. Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's a two-parter. It's a two-parter. I don't know. But now that I've said it so many times, I don't know. Well, whatever. (laughs) Oh, no, that's a keeper. That's a keeper. It's a keeper. You know, the Doug, you kind of chuckle, but then you get to the Doug less part. And the runners are, again, keeled over laughing. (laughs) (laughs) They were just getting up to start running again. And now, again, they're (laughs) bent over with uh, chortling. Chortling is what it's called. Uh, So here's the thing. People ask me, why do you do the stupid jokes at the beginning of your show? And that's so it makes the rest of the show seem so much better. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. At least the people will tune in for the first few minutes. <laughs> no, 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 no. no I, 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 I'm wondering. Maybe that isn't it. Maybe people are oh, not maybe. tuning in until we're five or ten minutes well, into the show. Well, that's true, too. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it, John? It Those is. jokes. It could go either way. It kind of depends on the listener. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, if we keep jokes like this, I can tell you which way it's going to go. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we've been doing Easter, and I'd like to kind of switch things up a little bit, get a little variety in today's show. 
Um, a few weeks ago, and, and I, I hate to keep bringing this up. This is driving my wife crazy because she hates repetition. Okay. Right now, we're listening to this in our bed, and she's saying, "I'm why well, you said that already? I don't want to hear that again." Because she hates repetition. <laughs> Um, but it just impressed me because I had 40 years of ministry and I never noticed this, that, that you take the story of Isaac's sacrifice, right? Which is just about the craziest story you can find in the Bible. Why would God ask a father to kill his son? And yet after that story, in fact, it's part of the story. The same angel who says to, to Abraham, hold your hand, don't kill your son. Uh, I'll provide a sacrifice is the same angel that says, guess what? You are going to have a offspring in the singular, one of your descendants, one particular descendant, and by that descendant, all of the nations, not just the Jewish people, but all the nations of the world will be blessed. And, and, and thereby God explains what the sacrifice of Isaac is about, that sin does require sacrifice and not some minor sacrifice like a goat or a bull, but some major thing, something that you love, something that is precious to you. The only thing is it's not going to be our sacrifice, but it will be God himself who will sacrifice his only son. Um, and so without the New Testament, that story would remain a mystery, but with the New Testament, it makes sense. Yeah. Isn't that, I think that's, Go ahead. Isn't that cool, though, John? I think that's God's pattern, that during the darkest of times, when things look the bleakest, that's when <laughs> sometimes the light of the gospel shines most brightly. You know, you think of even the cross of Calvary itself, right, which is going to take oh, place yeah. really close to where this takes place with Isaac and Abraham, Mount Moriah. That's where the temple's built later. So Jesus is crucified not far from there. And yet in that darkest of times, that's when the gospel shines the brightest. And that's where uh, we see our salvation take place, where God doesn't spare his son, but allows him and, to die. And Lynn, I'm sorry. I know you hate repetition. But Matt, I mean, you made that point when we were discussing this earlier about that that that's the location of the temple. Yeah, I love and that. now now all of a sudden we realize why was that where all the sacrifices were being made? Well, of course, because we're getting ready for the one child, only child sacrifice. Well, it occurred to me, maybe there's other stuff like, you think in the Old Testament, you think there's other stuff like that, Matt, that maybe we don't understand without the New Testament? There could very well be, John. <laughs> okay. Well, just I'm to, guessing yes. <laughs> most definitely. <laughs> well, thank heavens for that, Matt, because I would have put it all at the end of the show if you said no. <laughs> okay, well, that's it. <laughs> so so let's prove it from Scripture, Matt. You, you, you got your Bible handy there? I, I do. Always, uh, be, John. We're going to have you jump around, so be careful because we don't want you to get those paper cuts. That's right. <laughs> those annoying paper be. cuts. So how about, how, let's start with the Gospels. How about John 5.39? What, what does Jesus say there? Okay, John 5.39. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. And, and what scriptures is Jesus talking about there, Matt? Well, he's talking about the only written scriptures they have at this point, the Old Testament scriptures, the Hebrew Bible. So there you go. Jesus himself says, when you read the Old Testament, you got to be looking for me. And, and Paul, uh, Colossians, Col Colossians 2, verse 17, if I remember correctly. All right. Uh, Colossians 2. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. 
And and the these that Paul is talking about there again is all of these Old Testament rituals and ceremonies and things like that. And and they're a shadow, uh, but the substance again belongs to Christ. So so here's here's what I want to talk about today. What do you know about the showbread? You, you know about the showbread? That's a King James term. I don't think they use that term anymore. Yeah, the show. That's right. That is a King James term. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the showbread of the bread of presence. So that was something that was there in the tabernacle in the temple, um, part of. The few things really that are there uh, as part of worship of the Lord, along with the lampstand, right? Yeah, they had this t- table with the, the bread of presence or the soul bread. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, 12 loaves, and they were all stacked on top of each other. And, and there's an argument, there, there's incense involved too, and there's an argument whether the incense was poured on the loaves or whether the incense sat on a, a, a bowl on top of the loaves or whether they were in bowls in the middle of the loaves. I don't know. I wish God was clear because I'm trying to do it, and I'm not sure what to do. <laughs> no. But, but at least we know we're supposed to have 12 loaves and they're supposed to be stacked on top of each other. And they're supposed to be there all the time. You, you never, they're always there. And once a week, you got to replace them. And if you're a priest, you, you get to eat them. Which yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, what? that's a great gig, isn't it? After we a week. Bread. Yeah. 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 Thanks, God. <laughs> uh, um, so just looking at that, if, if that's all you knew, uh, what what kind of things might you conclude from that? Any, any symbolism you see in that, Matt? Sure. So, I mean, first thing I think of is, again, going back to the New Testament yep. and Jesus himself, who says it, he is the, the bread of life. Cool. Uh, so pointing ahead to Jesus, certainly. Um, and they think of the other sacrifices that were made, you know, in, in different times of year, harvest time and things and wave offerings and different ways in which grain offerings were offered up to the Lord. Uh, this is sort of a perpetual offering uh, that present the bread of the presence there every day uh, there in the house of the Lord. So, so and, and, and of course, the 12 thing would probably refer to the 12 tribes of Israel, that, that whatever God's doing here, he's doing for all of the tribes. And then again, you know, apparently God loves 12 because Jesus picks out 12 disciples. Um, so here's what I want to do, though. It's interesting that the Bible actually has three different terms for the showbread. And, and again, I did not know this until Lynn and I were doing our, our uh, daily Bible study. Uh, and she's got a really good Bible encyclopedia. I'm not sure who makes it, of Zondervan or somebody. But it, it it's actually a pretty decent resource because it, it ga- gives us the scriptural location of the three titles for the showbread. And each one of them, I think, relates to Jesus Christ. So the first title you already mentioned, it is the bread of the presence. But just to prove that you don't make stuff up. Because <laughs> we wonder sometimes, Matt. <laughs> We're not in studio. I miss our sound effects. The oh, quit making right. things up sound effects. Keep making things up. <laughs> Exodus 25 30. Okay. Could you read that? Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah, this is the real scripture, right? Okay, here we go. Yeah. Uh, and you shall eat the bread of the presence, there's the name, on the table before me regularly. Could I ask you a question? Sure. Do you have any idea why the King James called it the show or even the shoe, S-H-E-W, bread? Do you have any, where yeah. that word comes from? I am not sure where that comes from, John. Okay. Do you know? 
No, I don't. I I, I did. I actually researched it. I went on Google. Yeah, yeah. And and it, it's just that's the word. They, I don't know if it's the idea of showing something that would be related to presence. Sure. But I'm I'm just guessing. I could find no etymology for that at all. Yeah, because this is, um, I do know that King James version was written in 1611. Yeah. <laughs> and then that was. I mean, that was the Bible that was used in the English-speaking world for 400 years. Uh, so for 400 years, I think people knew it as the showbread. And, 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 you know, the thing, just real quick, let me put a plug for King James, because I, I, I love that Bible. <laughs> okay, I grew up with that. And what's neat about that Bible is it tries to be very, very accurate to the original Greek text. Sad to say half the time we can't understand it, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, here's the neat thing about the word presence there. It is the bread of the presence. Uh, but the word there is actually, it's the bread of the face. That, that's the Hebrew word for presence. It's you're in somebody's face, uh, which we use that phrase, don't we? They, they were in my face. Yeah, and that yeah. means you're right there. You're present with them, usually in the negative in our language. But but that's the sense of it. So so here's some other passages where that same show bread, well, it wouldn't be bread, but the show word is used. Genesis 32, 30, for instance. Okay. Uh, so the so this is related to the bread of the face. Okay. Yes. So Genesis 32. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel saying, for I have seen God face to face and yet my life has been delivered. And, and do Exodus 33, 11 too. Okay. Uh, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. But okay, that, that, okay. that, that, that's enough for that right, too. Good. And so it's actually, uh, I think the, the, the Hebrew word is penna. Don't, don't quote me on that because I'm not really good with my Hebrew. But so it actually, penna to penna. That, that's what happened with Jacob. That's what happened with Moses. And, and, and you see, that's what got me thinking about, about Jesus. Because when you have Jesus, you literally are in the presence of God. You are face to face with God. Uh, um, before we get to the New Testament passages about that, though, I did forget. But where is this word "face" used in, in our liturgy, Matt? Do you know? Oh yeah, so the the benediction, right? The end of the service, yeah. right? The Lord make His face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, and then lift up His countenance upon you. You know, we typically say too. Yeah, and, and what's cool is if you actually read that in the Old Testament, it's the word face again. Mm -hmm, I, I don't mm -hmm. know. You know, your English teacher said, don't be so repetitious. So apparently the translator said, well, we can't say, let his face shine upon you, and then Lord Lord lift up his face upon you. You know, we got to say countenance. But it's the same word. It's the same word in the Hebrew. And what a beautiful blessing that when you've been in church, and this is what you're telling your people, you have been in the presence of God. Uh, and, and in a moment, we'll tell you that it's even better than that. Not only have you been in his presence in church, but there's also another beautiful promise he makes to us. But but let's get it from the New Testament here that we have been in the presence of God when we're in the presence of Jesus. How about John 1, 17 through 18? Sure. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So, so Jesus obviously has seen God, and now if you've seen Jesus, then you also have known 
uh, God and what the Father is like. Uh, and, and you were relating to this fact that Jesus said, I am the, the bread of life, which, by the way, what a great passage, Matt. Thank you for bringing that into our discussion. Uh, uh, but let's connect it to uh, the Lord's Supper, if you could. Matthew 26, 26. Yeah. Uh, now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. So, yeah, people, if you want to be in the presence of God, you go to the Lord's Supper. And Jesus clearly and specifically says, yeah, you're you're in my presence, in the presence of the Father. This is my body, by the way, given, given for you for the forgiveness of sins. So that's that's number one. The bread of the presence was where God, that, that was a reminder that, that God is there. And in fact, it's kind of an intermediary thing, isn't it? Because where God is really present in the temple is in the Holy of Holies, where nobody's going to go except for the high priest, and he's only going to go on the Day of Atonement once mm-hmm. a year. But it's almost like we've got this little intermediary thing sitting out there outside the Holy of Holies, reminding us, no, no, God's outside here too. Maybe his most holy presence is there in the Holy of Holies. But no, he's present with us too. Uh, um, Okay, let's move on to the next uh, word that is used. Uh, If you could read Leviticus 24, here's the details. Write this down, people, because if you're going to do showbread at your home, this is the information you need to know. (laughs) Okay. All right, <laughs> Leviticus 24. This is, the, this is the recipe. People are going to be asking for the recipe yeah, yeah, for I the bet. showbread. Yeah. Here it is. All right, Leviticus chapter 24. You shall take fine flour and bake 12 loaves of it. Two-tenths of an ephah shall be in each loaf. And you shall set them in two piles, six in a pile, on the table of pure gold before the Lord. Well, I might have a problem with that part, John. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, I, gotta get my, I think my pure gold table's in the garage. I'll figure it out. <laughs> And you shall put pure frankincense on each pile, that it may go with the bread as a memorial portion, as a food offering to the Lord. Okay, so there's there's the directions. And by the way, we, we tried it once with three-tenths of effa, and it just spoiled the whole it thing. It didn't turn out. <laughs> no, no, two-tenths. That, don't go any more than that. Uh, yeah, you're right. You'll have to get your gold table out of the garage. Yes, yes. And I need <laughs> to find the you. fine the fine flower section of the grocery store. <laughs> just... right. I'm thinking only you would put your gold table in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when people come over, it's, it's a little embarrassing. I don't want to be too showy. <laughs> That's right, too, too showy. <laughs> All right. So the word we want to look at here is the word, it's a memorial portion says. So uh, one, it's called a bread of the presence, but it's also called a memorial bread. And here's the really cool thing about that. Uh, that is the word anemnesis in the Greek. Again, God help me, all those Greek scholars that are listening to us, if I mispronounce that word. And guess what? That's the same word that Jesus uses again in the Lord's Supper. Uh, you want to read Luke 22, Yeah, 19? remembrance. Okay, yeah. Uh, sure. And he took bread, and when he given thanks, Jesus broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given to you for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So, so you know, why does Jesus throw in that remembrance word, that omnemnesis? Uh, well, there's a couple of reasons. One, one, it's also the word for what, what, what the Greeks called a headstone. Uh, they called that an anemnesis. And so I think he's kind of pointing ahead to the death that's the death, coming up. Yeah. Which, of course, is there, the body uh, given and the blood shed. Uh, But I'm wondering if you're a Jew, and and these guys are all Jews that are joining together for this meal, if they're not thinking, oh, wait a second, 
That's the word that's used for the showbread in the temple. That's also an anemnesis, a memorial. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm making too much. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think, man? Uh, I, mean, what, what, I mean, what's coming to my mind is, is everything coming to a head here at the Last Supper. I mean, oh. we've quoted it at least twice here now in, in, in our notes and in our Bible readings and, and just everything pointing to Christ. And, and here it is, Holy Week, Monday, Thursday, and certainly then going into Good Friday and how everything, the presence, the face, the remembrance, everything coming together for this moment. And now, like you said, maybe there's these clues for the disciples where things are starting to click. And certainly for us that have the whole story, you know, even post-resurrection, the whole New Testament, for us to be able to make the connections like you're helping us do. Uh, wow, boy, that makes it just so much richer, both the Old and New Testament, I think, uh, when we have those connections. Well, and it just occurred to me that every day, Holy Week, where are they going? They're going the into temple. The, the temple. Uh, yeah, okay. So I, I I like that, man. I think you're right. I think he's getting things ready for them to see. You're going to witness the fulfillment of everything that had been prophesied in the Old Testament. Yeah. And now we have one more word that's used for this showbread uh, from Numbers 4, verse 7. If you would read that, please. Sure. And over the table of the bread of presence, they shall spread a cloth of blue. So where you got your cloth of blue, man? I know, Is that I out in the that, closet, too, or in the no, garage? It's in the, ba it's in the basement. The basement? Okay, it's probably right. dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the laundry room. In the laundry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> blue. But spread a cloth of blue and put it, uh, put it on the plates, the dishes for incense, the bowls, and the flagons for the drink offerings. The regular showbread also shall be on it. Okay, so the uh, the regular showbread, the English says, but the Hebrew word there actually means the continuing, the continuing bread. Uh, and, and the Jews were so concerned about that, that the bread would continue, that it would always be there, that the tradition is when they would go to change the, the weekly changing of the bread, yeah. they, would have, they would have eight priests, four priests would bring in the new bread, and they would simultaneously put the bread on the table as the other four priests were removing the old bread. That was how concerned they were that there would always be bread sitting on that table because it is the regular bread. And again, the Hebrew word means the continuing bread, the bread that is always there. Um, now, any symbolism you see in that, Matt? Well, I mean, if if this, well, a couple of things. I mean, if this bread, that's a shadow of what's to come, as oh, we read earlier, yeah. if this yeah. bread is that important, you know, how much more important is the real thing, <laughs> Jesus' body, uh, you know, that it's pointing ahead to? I mean, if, if the respect is shown to this shadow, think how much more we respect, revere, reverence, give thanks to God for that real body of Christ, um, especially in the Lord's Supper, as we looked at already. Yeah, and see, I, there... Yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, and no. then the, the second thing I was going to mention is just the, again, the presence, the, the continual yeah. presence and how you know, Christ promised to us, right, in multiple places. But thinking of Matthew's gospel, I'm with you always, right, to the end of the age, always present. So so we have that. We have that promise that Jesus will be with us. Uh, doing one more Old Testament passage, and then we'll wrap up for today. From Chronicles 1611, would you sure. read that? Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. 
And, and I threw that verse in because it has both those Hebrew words, the word for showing, uh, the word for seeking, uh, uh, seeing, uh, but also then the word for continually. Uh, and, and as you already pointed out, that that's the promise that the Lord says, I will be with you always to the end of the age. Um so, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with the showbread. I, I, I think uh, you actually mentioned this earlier. I, I think it also relates to Jesus' uh, petition in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, I'm sure that was there to remind the Jewish people that day in and day out, God was physically, earthly uh, providing for them. I, I hope we remember that's a beautiful blessing we have. Uh, uh, God has taken care of us. He's taken care of me for 68 years, and that is evidence of his presence. Of course, that evidence is off, outweighed by the fact that we've also got illnesses and heart attacks and family troubles and you name it. Uh, that's why you got to have more than just your daily bread. Uh, you have to have Jesus Christ, who, as you said, I, it's come full circle now. Yeah, he's the bread of life, and we certainly do have him uh, at every place and every situation. Uh, Matt, any quick final comment? Yeah, it's, for the Israelites, they knew that that bread was present there all the time in good times and in bad. And for us too, whatever the circumstances are in our life, to know that when we come to the Lord's Supper, for instance, that that bread of life, Jesus Christ himself, is there no matter what, uh, always present. Thanks, Matt. Uh, again, this has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. The basics.